Hello, my Fit Fam, and welcome to episode number 13 of the Fit Life with Dawn podcast. We are 13 weeks going strong, and I love that you guys are giving me feedback and sharing. Please share. I really appreciate that. Uh, it's the only thing I ask of you guys. Uh, share the podcast with other people. If you enjoy it, if you love it, if it's helpful for you, just maybe post it on your story or even tell your friends about it, friends, family, whoever you think you could benefit. Um, this is the way that I'm going to get my uh, my word out there. And all you guys know that it's my mission to, you know, get on my little soapbox and, you know, preach and teach and spread great information to people that will affect and improve people's lives. So please share. Okay. Today's topic is going to be weight loss and fitness myths. Now, this is a fun one because there are just so many that I could talk about. Um, This will probably go into a second part because I don't want this to go on forever. I have a whole bunch um, in my mind that I wanted to talk about and I wanted to debunk and clarify for you guys. So depending on how long it goes, I may split it up into different parts. So Let's get started. And I'm sure I will come up with other ones along the way. As I think of them, I jot them down. So my list is getting pretty long. Um, So um, yeah, look out for probably a part two segment in future weeks. Okay, so let's get started with myth number one. Myth number one is that you have to eat very small portions in order to lose weight. So here's the thing. You don't want to focus on eating tiny, tiny portions, because you're never going to succeed with that type of eating style. The reason that most diets fail people is because they are focused on these tiny little portions that don't even keep a child satisfied. 1200 calories, I don't even know where people got that number from. I think it was from way back in the day, you know, maybe on a, they were, you know, measuring how much, uh, tiny child or a small person should be eating, but really the average person should be eating a lot more than 1200 calories. Um, And it's not about having these tiny little portions. You know, that's why I like to see people's when I do nutrition counseling, I ask them to send me uh, not only their food log, but I like to see visuals, I like to see pictures of what people are eating so that I could decide whether or not I feel like it's a good portion for them. And sometimes I tell them to increase their portion of whatever, whether it be the protein, whether it be the vegetables or even the carbs, whatever. Um, You don't have to eat small portions. If you're eating, it's not about eating less. It's about eating the right foods. If you're sticking to nutrient dense foods, not calorie dense foods, for the most part, you're going to have some calorie dense foods. But if you are sticking to mostly nutrient dense foods and you're eating whole foods, mostly plant-based, it is much harder to overeat. If you are eating you know, and I post pictures of my meals very often uh, so that you guys could see my portion. My portion of protein is not enormous. It's never enormous. It's always like a side dish. But my vegetable, my plant-based portion is always bigger than what most people have. I posted something of my, you know, the amount of vegetables that I want you to have in your plate uh, the other day. And somebody I was working with, uh, with nutrition said to me that she didn't realize that that was the amount that I want her to eat. And you know, she was a little bit taken aback, which is a common, um, you know, comment that I get on on the amount of like plant foods that I eat, like, wow, you really eat a lot of plant foods, you know, that's why I like to put up the pictures. So you guys could see 
that I want you to eat large portions of the right foods and not large portions of the, you know, like the breads and the pastas and stuff like that. But it's about finding the right balance. If you're trying to eat tiny portions, you're never going to succeed with this uh, lifestyle. I know I wouldn't. I like to eat a nice big full dish of food. So stop trying to eat tiny portions and feel like, well, why am I starving and why am I not succeeding on my diet? Because you are not, you know, nourishing yourself properly. Um, okay, so number two, that is that you only need to do cardio when you want to lose weight. So now I'm not against cardio, and you guys can refer back to my other podcast that I spoke about, um, you know, what's the best type of workout to do. But I am definitely not against cardio. I am just not a proponent of only cardio. Only cardio will get you skinny, possibly, possibly not, (laughs) and flabby even if you do lose the weight. Let's say you're dieting and you're doing only cardio, you're going to end up being very flabby. Um, I've seen a lot of women, especially like runners, they end up, you know, first of all, it wrecks havoc on your joints, but... um, I've seen a lot of runners be very flabby and like, oh, I don't really love my body. I run so much, but I don't love my body. I don't have my, my butt isn't tight and my legs aren't so tight and my arms aren't so tight. You need resistance training. Uh, not only that, having muscle is important for your metabolism. Your resting metabolism will be higher. That's why fit people could eat more. People with muscle could eat more because their metabolism is so much quicker and so much more flexible rather than people with, that don't have a lot of muscle mass. Um, and you know, you could have, um, like a small body, like a small frame, uh, but have a high amount of body fat and not a high amount of muscle in relation to your body fat, in which case your, your metabolism is going to be slower. Um, there's also an afterburn effect with the weight training. So if you're doing cardio alone, let's say you look on your watch and it says you burn 400 calories, it pretty much stops there for the most part. Like you get off the treadmill, elliptical or whatever, unless you're doing some high intense sprints or something like that. Uh, if you're doing just a steady state cardio, it's not, it's going to stop. The calorie burning is going to stop there. With weight training, you have a very long afterburn effect. I don't know exactly how many hours it is because the science is out on that still, but there is definitely many hours after your weight training that you continue to burn calories, which is super cool. Cause if you're like one of those people who love to look at their watch and I, I like to as well, um, to see how many calories they burn, just know that it doesn't end there. You turn off your watch, you're burning, your body's still burning. It's, your body is still using energy to repair the muscle that was, you know, torn down and broken down, which is normal part of weight training. You tear down the muscle fiber and it rebuilds stronger, but that takes energy. So there is an afterburn effect as far as weight training. Um, and that's why what eventually ends up increasing your metabolism overall. Um, when you when you increase your muscle overall, um, so it's not just about the calories burned within your session. So um, there's a lot of reasons that weight training is super important. Resistance training, even body weight training. You know, you don't need to lift like a bodybuilder, but at least body weight stuff. You know, squats, push ups, sit. You know, uh, yeah, sit ups too. All these types of things are resistance training. Of course, I would love for you to start increasing your weights and make it a little harder because at some point it's going to be easy. But um, yeah, definitely, if you have 20 minutes, it's more effective for you to do even push-ups, squats, sit-ups, planks, and leg raises and stuff like that, um, working your muscles rather than, let's say, just 20 minutes of like, 
you know, like dancing or something like that. And there's nothing wrong with 20 minutes of dancing, but um, I want you to have weight training in your schedule as well. So if it's the in-between, I have a client who loves to dance with her kids in the house on her days that she's not with me. And that's totally fine. She's doing some cardio, but she's also getting in the weight. So it's not that she's just, just doing cardio because in that respect, if she just did dancing seven days a week, she would just get a little like flabby and she wouldn't be tight like she's getting now. Um, okay. So let's, that, that was number two. All right. So moving on to number three. Um, so that there is one particular diet for everyone. Uh, that is false. (laughs) There is not one particular diet for everyone. Although there are certain principles that I would apply to everyone, such as eating vegetables. I always see this and I will, you know, say this until I'm blue in the face that I will recommend everyone eat vegetables. I don't care what your goals are. It is good for your health. It's good for your longevity. You need the vegetables, the antioxidants, the vitamins, the nutrients, the minerals. And that is like your multivitamin right there. So you need the vegetables. You need the fiber and all that. Um, But there's a lot of nuances for different people uh, that's going to make them more likely to stick to one diet or lifestyle over another. Uh, Some people enjoy intermittent fasting. And just for all my intermittent fasting people, I have a podcast that I'm preparing for you guys uh, probably next week, I want to say, on intermittent fasting. So stay tuned for that one. Um, I want to make that a whole other topic because a lot of people have asked me about that. Um, But yeah, so some people like intermittent fasting. I'm not against it. There's just a way to do it and I will explain. Um, Others respond to higher carb. Others respond to, you know, higher fat. Everybody's different. There's no one size fits all for everyone. It depends on your body type. Uh, it depends on your goals. It depends on how much muscle you have. It depends on how much fat you have. So there are basic principles that you need. Uh, but you know, like I said, like the foundations that I would say I would apply for everyone. Um, and obviously a whole foods plant-based diet is, uh, vital for longevity and for health. Uh, but we, I like to play around with that when it comes to my nutrition clients, because everybody has a little bit of a different way that would suit them better. And depending on their lifestyle, how active they are and all of that, um, certain foods don't sit well with certain people. Uh, some people feel super bloated with, um, too much carbs or some people feel really gross, you know, with too much fats or something like that. So you kind of have to figure that out a little trial and error, but there is not one particular diet. I know every Facebook group that I see, and that's why I try not to get too involved in the Facebook groups. Um, they always like, oh, what's the latest, you know, diet in, in uh, style these days? And uh, what, you know, what's everybody doing? And everybody's like, you got to do this, you got to do that. It's okay to try these things. And I'm not against trying. Um, but just know that it may not work for you the way that it, it works for your friend, Mary, you know, Mary's body is different than yours. Mary's activity is different than yours. So you know, we're not all put on this earth as the same people. So don't expect her diet to work like yours. Okay. Um, I'm sure I'll say more about that in the future. (laughs) Um, okay. So number four is the, if it fits your macros, um, like structure, I'm sure a lot of you guys have heard about that. And that is sort of like, uh, 
um, eating style that people count their macros. And I've spoken about macros before, what they are. So go back to my other podcast a couple weeks ago talking about macros. I explained everything about macros. Um, but macro counting works for some people. It can be a useful tool so you can have an understanding of kind of about how many macros you eat, protein, carbs, fats. But it, people also use this as an excuse to eat whatever they want, as long as it's within a cal- certain calorie limit or a certain macro limit. Um, so it doesn't mean that you're getting adequate nutrition for your body. Uh, there's a, there is a way to do it in a healthy manner. Um, but remember that food is not just about macros. Uh, food has nutrients and vitamins and antioxidants and you know, there's so many different nuances as far as, you know, the different types of macros. So um, don't just count your macros and say, okay, well, I had this amount of carbs because you can eat that many carbs in, I don't know, potato chips and gummy bears, but that doesn't mean that you're nourishing your body. So I don't like that if it fits your macros as it is now, I kind of like to say if it fits your clean macros, So you could kind of do macro counting, but you better make sure that you're hitting your micronutrients and not just your macronutrients, okay? So this should never be an excuse uh, just to eat some a bunch of crap and say, well, I'm within my calorie limit because you are going to run into problems and you will not be healthy for very long. I promise you that. Um, Next is that you, you know what? I'm going to skip to the one where I said that all calories are created equal. That was the next one I wanted to talk about because it kind of ties in with the, um, if it fits your macros type of thing, is that all calories are created equal. And that is absolutely not true. Uh, Different calories and different foods affect your hunger and your hormones that regulate your body weight. So it has an effect on how hungry you are, how satisfied you are, different foods, you know, again, gummy bears versus sweet potato will have an effect on your on your um, metabolism. It'll have effect on your hormones, like your your leptin uh, and your ghrelin, and how easily little easily it will tell your body that you are full, satisfied. If it spikes your insulin, there's so every calorie from what you know from different food sources is different. So a calorie from a sweet potato is not the same as calorie from a piece of candy or something like that. So don't let people tell you that you could do, if it fits your macros or calorie counting, and you could just kind of eat whatever you want. You could eat Twinkies because you will run into problems. Mark my words, okay? You need to make sure that the quality of your calories is, um, you know, that you're paying attention to the quality of your calories and not just trying to satisfy your your calorie content or your calorie um you know, restrictions or your, um, you know, your macros or something like that. So every, um, every food provides a different nutritional value and certain foods satiate more than others. So, um, having a Twinkie is not going to have the same effect on your body as having a, um, you know, a piece of chicken or something like that. So pay attention to the quality of your calories. I can't stress that enough. So the next myth is that you cannot eat after 6 p.m., okay? I'm not really sure where exactly people got that specific time from. That seems to be like what people think, but um, that's not the truth for everyone, you know? Just because it's a certain time, it really depends on you, on your schedule, on when you work out. So maybe not eating after 6 could have 
some benefits in the fact that it's good for your digestion. Let's say you're going to sleep at 10. Maybe 6 p.m. for you is a great time because it allows you to have time in between your last meal and your sleep um, so that your body could digest, which is great because you will not go into deep sleep if your body is busy digesting. So as far as digestion and deep sleep, you should give yourself a few hours before bed, but it doesn't have much of an effect on weight loss. So a lot of people think that that's like the magic key to losing weight is to just not eat after six. But what if you work out at nighttime? Uh, after you work out, you're more insulin sensitive. So you're better, better able to utilize carbs, for example. So what if you work out at 5 p.m.? Then what, you're just gonna go home and starve? No, that's not good at all. Then you go home and eat your food, you know? If you're working at night, that means you're active at night and that's your body's, you know, you're creating your body's circadian rhythm that way, then you should be eating when you get home. Even if you're just eating a little small small portion, for example, let's say some protein, uh, maybe some fiber and some fat, maybe like a yogurt with almond butter and some berries, but you should be eating something. Just because it's late at night doesn't mean that you shouldn't be eating if you're working out after. Again, you do wanna leave yourself some time before bed so that it doesn't mess with your sleep schedule. Um, but if you are very active in the nighttime, let's say you're a healthcare professional or a doctor, you get home late, um, there's no reason that, you know, and you're running around all day, you're on your feet, you're exhausted. There's no reason you should go to bed starving because what's going to happen is that you're going to wake up starving and you're going to want to go into the kitchen at three in the morning and eat. So make sure you're having something. Um, you don't have to stop eating at 6 p.m. There's no steadfast rule. Again, if that works for you and you don't want to eat after six and you're going to go to bed in a few hours, then that's great. That's fine. But again, it doesn't have a huge effect on your weight loss if you eat at 6 p.m. versus 8 p.m. Now, if you're the type of person that's like, well, I just don't want to eat after six because I'm eating dinner after at six, whatever, and then I pick a lot at my food. Like for my, for example, my mom is, and I use her as an example a lot. I'm sorry, mom, if you're listening, but um, uh, you know, these are real world examples, so why not? She's a, a snacker and a picker. So after um, her dinner, she'll tend to eat dinner a little earlier. And then after her dinner, she'll tend to pick at everything in the kitchen. So for her, I told her to stop eating after a certain time because I want her to stop snacking. It's not that she's hungry at nighttime. It's just that she's like mindlessly picking. So in that sense, yeah, not eating after six may work for you, but there's no steadfast rule. It doesn't mean that you're going to drop all kinds of weight if you just stop eating, if you eat it, you know, stop eating at six as opposed to eight, you still need to pay attention to what you're eating throughout the day. Um, all right, more on that on on the intermittent fasting podcast that will be coming up. I'll elaborate a little bit more on that. Um, but the next myth that I wanted to talk about was that you need to eat less and exercise more. So this becomes a problem. This is like the chronic um, dieter. So this is somebody that um, will eat a very little and uh, work out a lot. Like the like the typical woman that's like, I just want to lose weight. I want to be skinny. And they start starving themselves. And then they start working out in the gym a whole lot. Um, they start doing a lot of cardio. Now they, they think that obviously if you're supposed to eat less to lose weight and work out more to lose weight, then I should be doing a lot of exercise and a very little bit of eating. Then what, you know, and then all of a sudden you plateau It may be working the first couple of weeks and all of a sudden you're going to plateau. 
And people are like, well, what happened? I don't understand. I was not barely eating anything. So how am I not losing weight? I'm like, because your metabolism adapted. It's called metabolic adaptation. Okay. So when you create too much of a calorie deficit by, let's say, burning a thousand, two thousand calories a day, let's say, let's say a thousand calories a day you're burning and you're only eating, uh, you know, a thousand calories, you know, your, your body's metabolism starts to slow down. So it's, your body's very smart. You don't break your metabolism. You could always fix it, (laughs) but, um, you could, your body is, is smart in the fact that it adapts to the amount of, um, energy that you're giving it versus the energy, sorry, that you are expending. So if you are working out a whole lot and you are um, not eating that much, your your metabolism slows down to meet your body's new need. And all of a sudden you're like, well, what happened? It was just working. I just lost my first 10 pounds and now I stopped, but I'm not eating anything. I eat like a bird. What am I supposed to do? And then what happens is that you end up binging and then you end up falling off the wagon. And that's when people, you know, kind of like, stop their diet because then they and they go back to their old ways because they didn't see much results so with that type of person we do something called a reverse dieting so you start increasing your calories a little bit obviously you need to do that sort of strategically um but you don't want to be that person that you know is a chronic dieter where they're always exercising like crazy two hours a day and then they're like well i can't exercise anymore and i can't eat any less because i promise you you're not going to get your results that way uh, people who are fit and people who are athletic and people who have great bodies eat. <laughs> they don't do it by starving. That's for sure. They eat and they fuel their body for the type of exercise. If you are, let's say, an athlete and you're doing a very large amount of exercise, um, then it's fine to you know to do that. But you need to fuel your body for the exercise and the activity that you're doing. So if all of a sudden you pick up a second workout in your day, you can't just say, well. Be proud of yourself, like, oh, I'm working out twice a day now, but I barely eat anything today. In my in my eyes, I'm like, this is something that's gonna, this is prone to failing. Like, this is gonna fail. Like, this is, I don't see it like that. <laughs> or maybe I would. It depends if I'm being honest with you. And you're, if you're my client, then yeah, I'm gonna tell you that's that's not good. You know, if you're coming to me and doing late training, and then you're doing a hit class, or you know, all on the same day, I'm like, no, 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 this is too much. And you're not eating enough for your activity. Uh, and you're going to throw off the balance of your of your metabolism. So you don't want to create that much of a calorie deficit because you're going to slow down your metabolism. Um, okay, so the next myth is that weight training will make you bulky. Now, I've spoken about this, like I said, in my previous podcast, when I spoke about exercise, um, like the best types of exercises to do. So if you haven't listened to that, please refer back to that podcast. I spoke a lot about that. Um, but the short answer is that weight training will not make you bulky. I have trained many women over the years and I've never had a girl who was bulky and we always do weight training. It doesn't, you don't have the testosterone, um, to make you look super bulky. Um, if you see women bodybuilders who are bulky, it is because they are taking testosterone and because they are taking hormones. Um, I don't, that's not my business, but I'm telling you that my girls that I train, they do not look bulky. Um, a woman who is even, let's say she's not taking hormones, but she's doing some heavy ass weight training seven days a week and she's eating like in a surplus, 
you know, she may end up looking bulky, but if you're doing two to three days a week of strength training, you're just going to look sexy and tight and toned and fit. And that's about the, that's about all that's going to happen is that you're just going to look great. Um, so don't, don't be afraid. It's, and it's so hard for women to gain muscle. You need to be like a crazy athlete in order to really start looking bulky. You need to be really, really like dialed in with your workouts, possibly taking performance enhancement drugs, um, and really leveling it up in a way that most women are not. Two to three days a week of weight training, again, is just going to make you look great in a bikini. So if you want to look great or, or in boxer shorts or whatever you're deciding to wear, it's going to make you look good naked. I always say fit people look better naked. Okay, anybody can look good in clothes. So don't worry about that. Um, okay. So I have more on my list of myths, but I feel like I've been talking for a while now and I want to respect your time. So I am going to do a part two of my weight loss myths and I will add to the list as I think of them because there's so many of them. Um, but that is about all I want to talk about today. Let's keep it short and sweet. I think we're about 25 minutes in anyway. So, um, yeah, so this is going to be continued. Uh, and if there's anything that you guys want to hear about, anything you want me to elaborate on, please let me know. Please comment. Please send me a DM. I always love to hear your feedback. And like I said, please share. Uh, next week's podcast, like I said, is probably going to be about intermittent fasting. And I think I also wanted to talk about alcohol. Uh, a lot of people ask me about alcohol. A lot of people are curious about my thoughts. So listen to that one. And then probably the week after I will continue with weight loss myths. So hope you guys all enjoyed and I will speak to you all soon.